Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Film Franchise Fortnights. Today we're talking about Ghostbusters, which includes the new film, and while we mention a few details about the cast members, cameos, and a few lines of dialogue, the rest of the episode remains relatively spoiler-free. Enjoy the show! Hey AJ. Hey Richard. Who are you going to call? Uh, the Ghostbusters. Correct, because that's the franchise we're reviewing this week. It's not The Mummy. Yeah, um, so we should explain um, The Mummy movies are quite hard to watch, so we um, decided to pull Ghostbusters ahead to actually time it more with the release of the film, because we both wanted to see mm-hmm. it rather than waiting another two mm-hmm. weeks. And um, it gives us slightly longer to watch the Mummy movies. And also, the Ghostbusters are relevant at the moment. And if we don't give out to the world what these two white dudes from New Zealand think, then no no one will listen to it if it's not with the times. And also, I think because no one's really talking about Ghostbusters at the moment. I haven't seen... uh, People don't even know what Ghostbusters is, man. Yeah, because it was a film in the 70s, I want to say. And then, but now there's like a new film and they've also called it Ghostbusters. And guess what? Yeah. They're girls this time. Really? They're females. I, I thought I there's saw... There's a queef joke. There is a queef there's joke. There's boobs jokes. Yeah, because I thought I did see one of them um, with breasts. Because mm-hmm. um, I've seen Kristen Wiig in Welcome to Me and she's naked. And I noticed that she had girl parts. And then I saw in this film and I was like, wait a minute. The Ghostbusters that I know are males. Mm. I'm not sure. Is it okay? Can four females really hold their own film together? I don't know. Well, if you're asking Hollywood, mm, um, they're they're testing it out. They're testing yeah, they're the testing waters. the waters. Um, passed the Bechdel test. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, most of the time they're just talking about ghosts, which aren't inherently male, so it That's does pass true. it. Um, but anyway, welcome to the to the podcast. Um, we're here today, as we've discussed, to talk about the Ghostbusters franchise, which mm-hmm. obviously has a very controversial new entry mm-hmm. in it, um, which came out this week. It'll be last week by the time this is released. Yeah. Um, basically, there's a podcast where AJ and myself, Richard, um, watch and review a different franchise each week and then talk about it with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, every fortnight, not every. Every fortnight. Yeah. I Except for The Mummy, then it'll be the every month. Yeah. Because they're, they're incredibly slow. But so, the Ghostbusters franchise consists of three films currently. Um, you've got Ghostbusters, the original, which was directed by Ivan Reitman, came out in 1984 and grossed $295 million. Mm. Uh, it was the highest grossing comedy at the time until a different film came out, um, Home Alone. Ah. And then um, Ghostbusters 2 um, came out in 1989. Uh, that was also directed by Ivan Reitman, uh, and that grossed $215 million. And then, of course, Paul Feig's Ghostbusters, or GB2K16, um, came out uh, last Thursday. And I haven't got box office figures for that yet because it's so young. Mm. Um, first two films star um, some classic comedic actors. You've got um, Bill Murray, mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. um, Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick Moranis, um, you got the black guy, um, Harold, uh, Harold, Harold Ramis, um, may he rest in peace. And then, um, the new ones, uh, well, the new one so far, um, features Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon, who is now AJ and I's new, new girlfriend, cr- new crush, oh. now new girlfriend. I've we're sharing. Asked her out. She said yes. Cool. So the Ghostbusters movies, you know what they're about. They're about a ragtag team of of miscreant scientists who believe in the paranormal and they uh, hunt ghosts and capture ghosts for a price and 
at, they save New York and each one um, from a, a large threat. Yeah, the first. So the first one is the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. The second one is the Vigo the Carpathian painting, and they get in the big Statue of Liberty. And the yeah. third one, we're going to be relatively spoiler free. Yeah, it's, it was good. more original than I expected it to be. It wasn't exactly a beat by beat reboot of the original film, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, I. I... We'll get into it in a moment and mm-hmm. what we actually thought of each of the three films. But first, um, I'd just like to say that this episode is um, brought to us by the song Misery Business by Paramore. Um, if you haven't listened to it in a, in a wee while, maybe uh, check it out again. It's a, it's a really mm. good song worth a listen. But so moving on from that, AJ, yeah. what did you think of the three films? How okay. would you rank them? So I never saw Ghostbusters till I was, a, till I was about 18. Okay, mm-hmm. My parents were like, no, it's too evil. You're not allowed to watch them. Um, and I'm aware of the the stigma that is attached to every one of them except for the first one. So people, when people are talking about bad sequels, they often mention Ghostbusters two, and obviously with um, the new Ghostbusters GB two say two GB two K sixteen, I think was the most disliked trailer ever, like yeah. oh, like like statistically. And so I'm aware of that, but I'm going to have to spit in the face of that and and go be the first person in the world. To proclaim that Ghostbusters 2 is my favourite Ghostbusters movie. Because look, I understand, like, I understand sequels are usually bad, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't for the life of me figure out why everyone shits on Ghostbusters 2 so much. Because, like, like, so The Return of Jafar is a bad sequel to Aladdin, right? Because because Aladdin is about self-worth and believing you're a prince, right? Yep. And the return of Jafar is about. Oh, Jafar's back, right? Ghostbusters 2 has its own storyline. It has its own mythology. It builds on its own movie. And it doesn't even really, um, you know, take what's in Ghostbusters and build on that. It, it starts on its own thing. And it, I like that, um, you know, they're out of business at the start. I like that they're res- resorting to... Um, kids parties. Yeah, kids parties and things like that to make money. I like that uh, Dana and Peter have, vo- have, have broken up. Um and I don't get I don't get why it's like the go to bad sequel when it's it follows all the rules of good sequels. Yeah, like I agree. It's not a bad. I only saw Ghostbusters two for the first time this morning. I've seen the first one. Like you, I think I was about seventeen, eighteen when I first saw Ghostbusters. So watching the second one, I knew it was like supposed to be sequel deny bad. It was supposed to yeah. be Matrix sequels bad, mm-hmm. but it's not that bad. I, I kind of don't get why it's considered that bad. I mean, I know even the stars didn't consider it was that That's, that's was that the good. strangest thing because yeah. they're better in it. I think they are. <laughs> yeah. I think they, Dan Aykroyd gives a non-wooden performance. Bill Murray actually looks like he wants to be there, which is crazy for an actor who like notoriously never wants yeah, to be Yeah, he's made his career off looking <laughs> like he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like, I don't get it, man. Like, Ghostbusters 2 is great. Well, I, I, I can understand some of the reasons why, and they've talked about it in interviews. Uh, Dan Aykroyd has said that he felt there was not enough ghostbusters and too much slime which is strange because he wrote the film <laughs> and then uh bill murray i think well, yeah, wasn't happy with the tone of it which was affected by between 1984 and 1989 uh there was an animated series which came out and so the ghostbusters suddenly became a kid-friendly franchise the first one had a few adult jokes and stuff like that and they smoked as well there's that famous shot mm-hmm. of dan Aykroyd with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth hanging out of his mouth and then <clears throat> Um, so the series comes out and now kids love Ghostbusters so you can't have get kids going to see the sequel and oh, yeah, seeing them smoking not. and also Slimer wasn't originally going to be in it but then he became a character he was kept as their pet 
mm. in the animated series and so they had to bring back Slimer because of you know, the kids and the toy sales and everything like that and so I think Bill Murray wasn't here with that kind of thing and so for years they were trying to get a sequel made and Bill Murray was always the holdout mm-hmm. and so eventually we did get a sequel of sorts we got a new Ghostbusters film came out very recently and it's called GB2K16 the official title is GB2K16 yes you heard it here first folks so what did you think of GB2K16 I thought it was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be yeah it was a good movie Um, I think I would have still preferred if it was marketed as a sequel as opposed to a reboot so that we do, we aren't overriding the two classics i thought it didn't feel like a ghostbusters film it was a very modern sense of humor yeah. it felt more like like it reminded me of scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed more than it reminded me of ghostbusters because i definitely the, understand that yeah, comparison the aesthetic style is very similar to the live action scooby-doo movies yeah. but so okay i i wanted i went into gb2k16 hoping for either a one out of ten or a 10 out of 10. Mm. Because I, w- I wanted to either love this film or hate this film. Yeah. The w- to me, the worst thing this film could do was be a 5 out of 10. Yeah. It's like a forgettable film with that. Like, if, I, if it wasn't a Ghostbusters film, it wasn't marred with all this controversy, I would not even remember it or like have any kind of knowledge of it. But instead, what I got was about a 7, I thought. I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was it's, funny. It's a, like you said, it's a very 2016 comedy. And... I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Mm. Like comedy's always kind of of its time. Yeah. And Ghostbusters, some bits are a little outdated. It does hold up very well. But that's just kind of not how comedy is anymore. That's not how comedy shot. Whether or not you think it's a good or a bad thing, they kind of brought it into the 21st century. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I think there's a lot of controversy around it because it was a female reboot and there's there were two parties, one saying like, oh, it'll be crap and another party saying, it'll, you only think it's going to be crap because it stars women yeah. um, and you're sexist. I like to think of myself as, a, as somewhat of a feminist. Yeah. I like to think I'm not like outrageously sexist. I don't know about you, Richard, but... Um... Well, I mean, I, I, I never meant to brag, yeah. but... I, you know, I was, I was always pro the Ghostbusters reboot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and what the film does quite well is that it never, uh, not outside of a few like sort of light jokes, does it ever go like, we're the women now. And it's about girl powers. These characters could be men. Yeah. They could be. And I don't know if that makes them good female characters or bad female characters. I mean, does every female have to be completely defined by their gender and that's such a big question to ask and Mm. it's one that i feel like i shouldn't be asking here but i should also sorry just clarify that when i said i've always been pro ghostbusters reboot i have talked about some of my friends to them who if they're listening know that i did sound anti that was after the first trailer came out when the first trailer whether or not you like the movie i think everyone can admit the first trailer was terrible Mm. it did not see it did not excite me for the film i I was open to the idea i was neutral until i saw that first trailer and they said this looks terrible. Mm-hmm. But I was still... It was more morbid curiosity than anything that got me into the cinema. Took the 2650 out of my pocket. 2650 which, which is a fucking ridiculous amount to pay for this movie. Yeah, man. Like, it's a ridiculous amount to pay for any movie. Well, we saw it in 3D, which we didn't know until yeah. we got there. And we haven't talked about this yet, but the th- what did you think of the 3D? I don't think I thought 3D. it was so gimmicky. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the film... Like, you know, you get gimmicky 3D, and then this film is something else. Yeah. The film is presented letterboxed, 
So like with the film and then black bars at the top or bottom, but then occasionally shit would come out of the letterbox. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes like the very first time it happens is um, the bit from the trailer when the ghost vomits on Kristen Wiig Mm -hmm. and the vomit comes out of the letterbox. So you get that more feeling like it's coming out of the movie. Mm. It's a very sticky movie. It's so weird though. Like, and, and then there's one, but the, 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 like the power of pity compels you that awful fucking moment from the end of the first trailer. Yeah. Her necklace is dangling out of it. It's dangling out of the letterbox. Why? I wonder if they didn't have a choice. Yeah. If they were just like, oh, we filmed it this way. It's got to, got to do it. I don't know much about how 3D works. Well, look, well with, that, with something like that, with the necklace dangling out, they would have had to film the entire shot and then cut out everything except her necklace from the bottom of it. Wow. Which is like that was a very deliberate choice by the filmmaker okay. to be like, oh, when he depth in the scene, let's have her necklace dangle out of the frame. Did that ruin the movie for you? It, it did. It made me very aware I was watching a movie. Obviously, it didn't ruin it. Mm. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure if that stuff's there in 2D. I imagine it wouldn't be. There would be a different, slightly different cut of the film where the letterboxes would just be completely black. But it, it did. I don't like. No one likes to know that they're watching a movie when they're watching a movie. Mm. Unless it's being done very well, like yeah. it's being very meta or something like that, but that kind of did annoy me. Now, I wanted to come to this podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna just completely change the topic. I wanted to come to this podcast talking about how the first Ghostbusters is really overrated. It's. <laughs> I was like, I watched it a few years ago, and I thought, hey. You know what? Ghostbusters isn't that great. And when the reboot was announced and everyone was anti the idea, I was like, hey, come on. Like, it's not like the original is this amazing fucking thing that's untouchable because it's actually not that great. I've only, I'd only said it once. I watched it in Hamner Springs when I was, I think, 16 or 17. Okay. And I watched it again last night and it, turned, it is that good. And, yeah. and I was annoyed by that. Hmm. I, was, I wanted to nitpick the film. I wanted to... I wanted all the problems I had originally to still be there, but they're not. I, I, I remember one of the things that annoyed me about the film originally was how they set up that you can't cross the streams and then we never find out what happens when you do cross the streams. But it turns out we do. I just must not have been paying attention to that yeah. part. And like, It's like the definition of a Chekhov scum. Yeah, it was. it's very <laughs> well done. It's a brilliant film. And so I'm like, okay, now I can understand why everyone's so annoyed about this new one possibly shitting all over their beloved childhood franchise. Hmm. And you wanted to come in talking about how no one else in the world likes the second film. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really, my experience watching the Ghostbusters film was I was disappointed by how much I enjoyed all of them. Hmm. I wanted, I wanted to, hate the first one i want to think it was overrated i didn't i yeah. wanted to come here arguing with you why the second one is bad yeah i can't i wanted to come here and shit on the the, the reboot and i can't wow yeah it's the second one is very like it, it disappoints me that they never made any more movies until now especially not with the same actors one of whom is dead and one of whom is a grumpy old man who never wants to do anything um because the second one is very world building like there's a lot of science to the Ghostbuster that I feel like they've written down, but they haven't put it on screen. And so like, I want to know how the guns work. I want to know why some ghosts look like spirits and some look like puppets. Like, yeah. I want to know why some ghosts are human and some ghosts are, like, animals or monsters. Like, I, I, where, where is the line? Where is the, you know? Well, it's interesting you should bring up that there is... A, you can sense that there's a bigger world that we're not seeing. Yeah. Because... 
Dan Aykroyd mm. actually believes all this shit. Mm-hmm. He's actually that fucking nuts that he oh, yeah. thinks that ghosts are real. He he would design all this stuff, and that's where the idea for Ghostbusters came from. Is and it's based in actual, and I'm using air quotes here, science, mm-hmm. um, because that's what he believes. Now, before we talk about Dan Aykroyd anymore, AJ, I want to just say two words to you, mm-hmm. and you give me your most guttural, visceral, mm-hmm. honest reaction. Okay, okay. Jared Leto. <laughs> Okay, now now you do the same to me, but with Dan Aykroyd's name. Uh, <clears throat> Dan Aykroyd. Uh, hey, we didn't peek. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not a fan of Dan Aykroyd's. I can understand what he did for comedy at the time. I can understand that he wrote Ghostbusters. I can understand it was his baby. But just fuck off, Dan Aykroyd. I, I, I think part of it stems from the fact this is so weird, and this is like this is my one memory of Dan Aykroyd. Is, have you ever seen Christmas with the Cranks? Mm-hmm. Classic. Classic. Tim cool. Allen, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis um, vehicle. Yeah. Where they cancel Christmas one year, but then, oh, their daughter's coming home and she wants to have Christmas and, oh, shit, everything's happening. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the film, they've, <laughs> okay, so the first half of the film, they talk about this this dastardly neighbor mm-hmm. who oh, oh, constantly tries to outdo them at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then we finally see him. And they're like talking across the road and it's like, oh, there he is over there. And we just see the back of his head. And then it's the slow, dramatic turn around, followed by like a accompanying musical cue. And it's fucking Dan Aykroyd. And, I, and you just know. And he ruined Christmas with the Cranks. It was going so well until that point. Um, but like, you just know that that was in Dan Aykroyd's contract. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll do the film. But you have to make a huge deal about the fact that I'm in the film. Yeah. And you get that sense watching GB2K16 as well. Spoiler alert, he has a cameo. Everyone knows that. In his one, after his cameo, he's on on screen for about 20 seconds. AJ leaned over to me and said, That night Dan Aykroyd came the hardest he's ever come in his entire life. We just bumped I'm up paraphrasing. Our, our, <laughs> but, our rating for this podcast. Yeah, but like you can just imagine because... He's there, someone tries to catch a cab, Dan Aykroyd says, I'm not going to take you, ghost, and they're like, oh, ghost are taking over my head, and he's like, hey, look, I don't, hey, look, lady, <laughs> yeah, Dan Aykroyd talks. Woman. Hey, look, woman, you can't be a ghostbuster. <laughs> <laughs> he, he says, um, he says, I, I don't give rights to no hobos, and, and I ain't afraid of no ghosts, and then drives off. Which, as we know, is the backup lyric for yeah. the Ghostbusters And you can just too. imagine, um... Dan Aykroyd sitting at home after that day of shooting. Like, yes, yes, I'm so good. Uh, uh, Bustin' makes me feel so good. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Mum, if you're listening <laughs> to this episode. I love how like, we're just alienating our fans. Yeah, who yeah. Are all related to us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, I got told by one of my friends um, this week that she was listening to um, our Shanghai Noon one, and when I mentioned that only my mum listens to it, she felt like, you know, she was like, oh, but I'm listening to it. <laughs> well, so, shout out to your friend. Thanks, Renee. If you, Renee, if you're listening to this one, thank you. Um, all right. I've just got a few more things I want to bring up before we move on to our regular segments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, one thing that let down um, GB2K16 that I think was actually a really strong point in the first two Ghostbusters movies, more so in the first one, mm-hmm. is that, like... They do really feel like ensemble films. You've got the four 
core Ghostbusters, but then you have... Well, you got the three core and the black guy. And the black guy. They are gracious enough in the mid-80s <laughs> to give a reasonably sized so, role to... Like, so racially aware. <laughs> um, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Fucking Dan Aykroyd. Um, and, but, like, they've got... Like, they're not minor characters. They're kind of a side character. They've got their own plot going on. You've got um, Sigourney Weaver as, like, um, Dana Barrett. Mm-hmm. who's, um, you know, like Peter Minkman meets. She's got um, a body like an hourglass, you know, it's like ticking mm-hmm. like a clock. And then you've got, um, and then you've got um, the Rick Moranis mm-hmm. as um, Lewis Tully. Mm-hmm. And, and then they become quite important to the plot. They start off almost just as comic relief, yeah. but they're actually quite important to the plot. They're fleshed out by the time that the inciting incident occur- occurs near the end of the film where yeah. they get possessed and, and stuff like that. And you really feel for them. Whereas... The GB2K16 just had the four core Ghostbusters and not really any side characters. Uh, um, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth aside. Because he, he, he was, yeah, he was actually kind of important. But I, I felt like it didn't do that kind of as well. And also, like, Chris Hemsworth in this film, everyone told me he was the highlight of the film. Like, every, everything I, I read said he was the highlight of the film. He was good. Yeah. And a lot of his jokes were too easy. Yeah, so he plays. He he replaces as Annie Potts. Annie Potts, yeah, as the secretary um, of for the for the new GBs, and I think they tried. They were like, "Why don't we make?" Obviously, he's a very attractive man, and they sort of go, "Hey, let's make him." I don't know if he's dumb or weird. I couldn't put he's my dumb. He's, he's dumb. fucking dumb. So he's dumb, but it's to the point where it's kind of like, uh, okay, uh, I see. I can see these lines. I can see they're written down to emphasize yeah. his stupidity. Yeah, but, like no one's that stupid yeah and yeah the film he's funny and he has to be fair what i think is the best line in the film and i waited a beat and then laughed so loud in the cinema when he's he's standing there and he's looking at there they've got an aquarium the thing and he just says aquariums are like submarines for fish and I was like, that is so fucking brilliant. That just feels like it's straight out of our shower thoughts, bro. Yeah. It didn't it didn't it's, get me as much. Oh, I man. Think... Well, to me, it was because it was so out of place. Right. Uh, up until then, he was like, oh, is it the breasts? I can make them bigger. Like, <laughs> everything was just like, oh, I'm so, oh, I don't know how to work a phone. Yeah. Um, and then and then he just comes out with this fucking gold. <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, how, where the hell did this come from? It's brilliant. And then, yeah, so I, as I say, I waited waited he said the line and then it took a while to stew in my head before i let out this really mm. from the depths of my mm. diaphragm mm. laugh yeah i think it's sort of i'm glad you liked it but i think it's sort of indicative of what i didn't really like about gb2k16 i think it falls in line with what i said before about it being a very modern comedy yeah <clears throat> and i think the people who are doing that right are um what are they, they called the 21 jump street dudes um, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so they're doing it right. They're, they're changing what comedy looks like now with the Lego movie and all the things they've yep. done. And I think Paul Feig is a close second who directed this movie. Um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of, of Paul Feig's stuff really, but I thought that, um, like, this is, this is the type of movie where a lot of the jokes are based around, like, pulling apart um, idioms and phrases like mm. there's a part where they have like a two minute conversation about the phrase the cat's out of the bag oh, yeah. and what that means and it's very um, it's very stand up comedy but it's not stand up comedy because we're watching it in a movie Yeah, and I don't know how well that resonated with me or with 
other audiences. It's funny that, yeah, the reaction online to this movie seems to be very just, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think it's the same thing with me is that, like, the, the internet, or just like the general public, is annoyed that they can't hate this film mm. because it's not that bad. Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of people do hate it, I have seen. But it's interesting you say Paul Feig is, is like a close second in changing the way comedy looks because I think all he's kind of done to quote unquote change the way comedy looks is just to say, and I'll preface this by saying this is not my belief, mm-hmm. to just say like, hey, you know girls, you know those sex objects we yeah, always yeah. use? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out they can be funny. Yeah. Which I was about to say they can be, but that was about to, that was going to sound like I was agreeing with your facetious comment yeah. about them being sexual. So, yeah, like, the, like this is, the, the, for years, yeah. that was Hollywood's opinion. And, and now they're finally coming to the forefront, which is amazing. Yeah. We're finally getting, like, female-led films. You get, we've got Wonder Woman coming out, we've got Captain Marvel coming out, because these places, these studios are finally, like, realising people will go and see a, fi- a film mm-hmm. with a female lead. Almost. We're Almost. not quite there but because... the thing is, if this tanks... We're not going to get those films. Well, We're not going to get those films. Because think about it, right? You you listed Captain Marvel, Wonder Woman, and GB2K16. All three of those are previously established intellectual properties yeah. that are now in the right. I don't think Captain Marvel was always a woman either. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so um, my problem with that is like they're going, guess what? Girls can be Ghostbusters. It's like, cool, but can girls also be their own thing? Or do we have to yeah. watch white men and one black dude like do it first, wait thirty years, and then <laughs> maybe stick a toe in the water with woman leading a previously existing franchise. Yeah, well, and you kind of just started to touch on something that was my for the longest time was my belief about the new Ghostbusters film, and is and generally my belief about comedy sequels. Mm-hmm. Comedy sequels are so hard to do right. There's very few good ones mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, if you have a good comedy movie. Take Horrible Bosses, for example. I, I think it's a good example. I don't hate the sequel. I'll put nice. it out there. Um, but you've got Jason Sudeikis, Charlie Day, Jason Bateman. They have great chemistry together. Yeah. They're, they're hilarious to watch on screen together. But Horrible Bosses is pretty much a self-contained story in itself. It doesn't really need a sequel. But they forced one out because like, audiences responded really well to this trio. Yeah. They want to see more of them. Yeah. Just make another film with those three actors. No one is going to care. Mm. No one's going to be like, why isn't this Horror Bosses 2? They're going to be like, great, I can see those three together again. You can tell a completely new story. Unless you have an amazing story. And, and that was why I, why I said when Ghostbusters was first announced. I was like, unless they have a really original take on it, unless they have a story they need to tell and it needs to be told with these characters, yeah. why not? And like, clearly you just want to make a film with Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Why not just make a film with the four of them? Why does Call it, it the Alien Busters? Yeah. Like, it's fine. This, at its heart, this is, a, this is a film about two friends who were separated yeah. for years, never talked, came back together again because they shared a common belief when they were young that turned out, to which came back later on. Yeah. And then they have a couple of ancillary friends mm-hmm. why did it necessarily need to be ghostbusters having seen the movie now i don't i don't hate it yeah. so i can't really bitch about it like that but it does seem weird to me that they were like okay let's chuck ghostbusters on it i know yeah. ghostbusters would have come first before that, yeah. that story rather than well i mean there was a ghostbusters three in the works for 30 years so. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah which is still apparently in the works according to dan Aykroyd, because because his cameo oh, in gb gb 2k 16 wasn't enough he's gotta he's gotta have his own yeah gb 2k 17 coming yeah coming soon yeah to a um dan Aykroyd cinemaplex near you mm, mm. 
<laughs> the only place I don't, Dan Aykroyd I don't hate him. Dan Aykroyd because I feel like if I was famous I would be very much like him yeah I agree <laughs> I think if I was famous I'd probably be, be just as self-indulgent yeah I'd probably have cameos in the reboots of things I wrote I don't know I feel bad for him because he's not a good actor but he is a good writer yeah and I, I understand wanting to be in something you've written but he's very wooden yeah like it very much feels like he's so stoked that he's written himself this role and so he plays it that way yeah. it's hard to explain uh, now like do you, do you know of anything that Dan Aykroyd's written that he hasn't acted in no yeah neither have I, you seen I, him in Blues Brothers he's yeah in Blues Brothers yeah, yeah he's not bad in Blues Brothers have seen the sequel with Joe Gibbon yeah man and it's awful I haven't seen it yeah hopefully we'll get it next in two weeks yeah um, it looks awful yeah um, yeah the, the the whole like Blues Brothers 2000 is, is a terrible Ghostbusters 2000 that should have been the time wow yeah, so, yeah, so what do you think about the titling of the Ghost? We talked about titles last week. Mm. What do you think of last fortnight? What do you think of the titles of the Ghostbusters? Well, franchise? it's it's interesting because Ghostbusters have um, traditionally not had very creative titling. Yeah, there's so there's Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Two. The new one's just called Ghostbusters officially. Um, the video game's called Ghostbusters. The video game. Uh, the TV series was a little bit more. Um, original with yeah, the, the real, real Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters which is ironic because they're actually animated ah, yeah so <laughs> and then there's extreme Ghostbusters at, at the end uh, I think it was either after the credits or just before the credits for GB2K16 the title comes up and it says Ghostbusters answer the call under it yeah. and I wonder if that was the original title well yeah yeah, that made no sense to me because I've never seen that used in any publicity yeah yeah like and so yeah, so who is that for? Kind of know. like yeah. is this are, are they because there is talk of a Ghostbusters cinematic universe, which there is with everything now. <laughs> um, and so is this going to be the first part, and is it retroactively going to be called maybe Ma- Ghostbusters answer the call, yeah. and then you know you're going to have other yeah. Ghostbusters. Oh, I cannot think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters um, in space. Yeah, that's a, that's like my go-to Ghostbusters, sequel title. The beginning years. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ghostbusters years. Zero. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I feel like I'm going to have to edit this out, but I read that um, part of the reason there isn't a Ghostbusters three is because you know the movie Year One with Jack Black and Michael Cera, yeah, because it tanked so horribly, yeah. and that was like written by Harold Ramis, okay, and like Dan Aykroyd and um, Bill Murray were supposed to have cameos in it, and that that was them kind of getting back together. Right. to do a Ghostbusters 3 and it was so terrible that they took that as being like well audiences don't want a Harold Ramis yeah, film yeah, anymore yeah when you write a a movie that alienates like a specific religion <laughs> you're like it didn't work because of the writers that, yeah. not the subject matter which is so stupid and like it, this has been done to death that like people talk about Hollywood taking the wrong idea but yeah. it's so true if this film fails if GB, GB2K16 fails people are going to be like well I, I, I guess it's because they're it's women it's because of the Woman. Um, it's because of the vaginas. There right, are too so, many um, vaginas. Wonder Woman. Can it be Wonder Man? Per- perhaps could it be uh, Wonder Man? And maybe there's he's got a, a love interest. Maybe he's got like a sex object that mm. he just kind of. Well, maybe. Okay, maybe maybe audiences weren't ready for um, funny girls. Yeah. Now let's let's put them back to just being they were ready objects for a, of, of of my yeah. male gaze. Yeah, they they were ready for um, a talking raccoon and a giant tree man, but yeah. not not but a woman. Not, not this. Are no, you serious? Okay. A woman? Are you a woman? Like having dialogue? Like no no no. Like she's just talking about a man though, right? No no. On this no. 
No, we, no, we, we don't have the technology okay. for that. No, <laughs> no, no. Audiences wouldn't want to see that. But let's make it R-rated, though, because Deadpool was so good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, let's make it R-rated. Let's If there are women, they have to be very um, sexual and or, or topless. But if they if they are characters, they have to be um, a parody yeah. of a woman. Yeah, yeah, Not exactly. a real woman. And, like, because well, this isn't the 80s anymore. We've got to have the gratuitous boob shot. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. paying these women yeah, top yeah. dollar and yeah, we got to yeah, yeah. see some boobies. They want to be famous and the way to be famous is to Get free the nipple. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like you're not just going to lie in bed next to Mel Gibson and mm. and, and be naked because he just had sex. No one ever got famous doing that. No. Well. All right. No. And and scene. That was, um, that was our production of um, two Hollywood execs having a casual brunch. Um, <laughs> so now... Um, let's move on. Let's talk about continue the franchise. Should preface, it's a little bit weird this time. Yeah. So continue the franchise is a segment we do. If this is the first uh, that you're listening to, continue the franchise is a segment where we think of how can we continue the franchise. Obviously, be that through sequels, spin-offs, whatever. And the difficulty with Ghostbusters is that they've done pretty much everything already. There's yeah. movies, there's video games, there's TV shows, there's a sequel. There's the female reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a female reboot. There's a Ghostbusters pretty... in space. Yeah. Is there? No, there's not. Oh. Well, this is still it's just a pretty extensive... They've, they've continued the franchise yeah. particularly well yes. in this instance. <laughs> but there's no third film. No. Which, is, which feels like the, would be the go-to. Um... I guess yeah. So my idea, and it's I don't have it doesn't have a lot of meat to it, and we sort of touched it before, is that the idea of doing a Ghostbusters cinematic universe um, is is an interesting idea, but instead of doing it self-contained to the Ghostbusters, why not mix it with the up-and-coming Men in Black and Twenty One Jump Street crossover that's happening? MIB twenty three. Yeah, the M- MIB twenty three Busters Ghostbusters. Ghost busting twenty three man. Ghost twenty the black 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 man. Black man busting black men. Mm. I think that's a good one. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I guess I haven't seen MIB twenty three. I don't think it's even started filming. Has no, it? it hasn't. So it's hard to it's hard to be like this is what would happen in the plot. And so really, I'm just sort of rambling now because I don't really. Yeah. Well, it just seems like it would work. They yeah. want to make a cinematic universe. They've done it with Marvel. They're doing it with DC. They're doing it with the Universal monsters. Why not do it with classic eighties icons? <laughs> well, yeah, nineties yeah, no, for Men in Black. Yeah. Um. Well, well, yeah. So part of the reason that it's, it's so we're doing this continue the franchise is we and when we did Lethal Weapon, which was our first one, we talked about um. We made it a rule that, or kind of a rule that, like, you, when you pitch your your continuation, you have to do it as if a sequel was being released today. Mm. And you and can't do that with Ghostbusters. You can't do that with Ghostbusters because that would mean a film came out less than a week after, yeah, the, the, like this new one. Yeah, yeah. So for my one, I'm kind of I'm I want to kind of just talk about. I don't know. Fuck! I feel so winky saying that, but like, what um, my continuation of the franchise is say. Is my kind of redoing of GB two It's, GB2K it's retroactively changing the franchise. Yeah. So, and this is kind of just based on rumors I heard that actually got me excited for GB two K sixteen. Is that um, you know there's that initial trailer that's like someone's uh, uh, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah. They go, oh, someone's like um, created a device that can um, extrapolate, you know, paranormal yeah, yeah, activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what if that was Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray? Mm. Um, and then there was talk of like when the character Rowan's design, his um, his final form was um, first shown, people were like, hey, that kind of looks like Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. And there was talk of like, and behind the scenes, Paul Feig talked about 
and I can understand why he did this. He talked about um, this film takes place in a completely different universe to the Ghostbusters we know and love. Mm-hmm. It's not a sequel. And I can understand it because they don't want it to take place in a world where people are used to ghosts, which yeah. which makes sense. It would and it'll kind of make a very different film. But because they keep on using that phrase like different universe, what if there's some that paranormal activity device lets one universe of the 1984 Ghostbusters crossover with this new Ghostbusters, the film would be marketed the exact same. Yeah. All female reboot of Ghostbusters, nothing to do with the original. And then, oh my God, this portal's open. And then boom, out pops Venkman, out pops Stance, out pops the ghosts of um, Spengler, out pops... Um, the black dude. The black one. Um, and His name is Winston Zimmerman. Or Zephyr. Yeah, yeah. Zed, Zedman. Zed, they call him Zed, Zed, Zed I think. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, to me, and that, that's what I, I kind of heard those rumors and I was like, okay, that makes me legitimately excited for this mm. new movie. It didn't end up happening. I, I kind of never thought it would. But um, yeah, that, that would be, that was what I was, I was hoping for and, and right in the back of my head, but I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, um, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically, well, I guess we should wrap it up here. Um, thanks if you listen to this whole thing. Mm. Um, this is yeah, probably our longer podcast, but it's got, I, I feel like there's some, some decent nuggets. There's, there's, of, some, there's some meat on the bone. Yeah, so let, let, me, let us know what you thought. And oh, yeah, we're not going to do franchise roulette here because we're still sitting on the mummy. We um, owe you all a nice podcast oh, on the six on the universal six mummy, mummy movies films. from like the 30s to the yeah, 50s. 55, yeah. 55. And so that'll be coming shortly. Um, yeah. It's not going to be amazing because there's such boring films uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we had to chuck in another, pod, another franchise just to get through them yeah um so yeah we'll be coming there in two weeks um in the meantime you can hit us up um we're basically cult popture everywhere um cult popture media at gmail yeah is the, is the one that's different but cult popture on twitter um we're current, we're now the cult popture podcast on itunes check mm-hmm. us out there uh there's the cult popture facebook cult popture media gmail send us drop us a line and youtube as well that's youtube yeah probably the, the main the one, main one. <laughs> Uh, probably where you're listening at the moment unless you're on SoundCloud or iTunes because those are the three ways that you can do it we're so diverse man yeah man we're like we're like an all female reboot (laughs) with a black character because that's how diverse we are Uh, awesome thank you for listening everybody thank you